Welcome to Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. Are you hungry to hear more about our beautiful Savior Jesus? Well, the Bible declares that grace and peace are multiplied to us in the knowledge of Jesus. Join me for revelatory teaching, interviews with leaders in the body of Christ, and testimonies of God's goodness in your life. Thanks for joining the conversation to reveal more of Jesus to a hurting world today. Hey everybody, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I am your host, Christina, and I'm so happy to have you with me here today. I hope and I pray that you are doing well right where you are and enjoying the continuously flowing favor of grace pouring from our beautiful Savior and Father in Heaven. I've got a great show for you today. Just recently, I had the opportunity to sit down with ministry leader of Sandal Feet Ministries and the host of the Depot podcast, Aaron Olson. And we have this great conversation about what it means to be a real Christian. What does that look like? Are you just checking the box, Christian? Or are you living and breathing for a Savior who loves this world. So this is a great conversation to help encourage you guys to love others with the love that He first loved us with. But before we get started, I want to give a quick shout out to our Christina Prayer Ministry sponsors who help support the mission to unite the body of Christ and fulfill the Great Commission with love. A big shout out to Gopher Ministries who provides all of our equipment for our gospel events. Davis Financial Services, who does all of our financial accounting, Harvest Family Network, through which I am licensed and ordained, and Life Changing Productions, who helps put together evangelistic events to reach our city for Jesus. If you or your organization are interested in becoming a CPM sponsor, you can find out more information on our website at ChristinaPereira.org. Do you have a loved one special occasion coming up and don't know what to get them? Well, now you can sponsor an episode of Revealing Jesus in their name. And you can give them a special dedication message read on air. It makes a great gift. To find out more information, just go to christinaperreira.org slash podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Plexus Living Free. It's hard to be and do all that God has called us to do, world changers, light of the world, when you don't feel your best. Most of the health issues that we deal with today have the same roots of poor gut health, blood sugar imbalance, and inflammation. But you can address those issues with Plexus plant-based products. You guys, I have to tell you, I have been on the Plexus bandwagon for the last two months and I'm so thankful. I've noticed some big changes in my body. I have so much more energy than I used to and I'm sleeping better and a lot has changed. So I'm really thankful for that. If you're encountering issues with weight gain and blood sugar imbalance and things like that, I would highly recommend you check out the Plexus products. And I'm so thankful if you click on the link I've provided in the show notes, you can receive 10% off your welcome package and free VIP membership. It's a health assessment quiz, and once you tell them what you need, they'll recommend uh, the right products to fit you best. So thanks so much for being a Revealing Jesus listener. 
I've got a great offer for you guys today. I love bringing you additional resources to help build your faith, and I'm so pleased to bring you this offer. I have a beautiful book called Inspired by the Psalms, Decrees that Renew Your Heart and Mind. With this book, you can help create a heavenly atmosphere with these powerful decrees as we become like David and we pour out our heart before a living, breathing, loving, active Savior in our life. Make sure you check this out as well as any other resources by our special guests in the show notes. Without further ado, let's listen in on my conversation with Aaron Olson. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I am your host, Christina, and I'm so excited to have you with me here today. I hope and I pray that you are doing well right where you are and enjoying the continuously flowing favor of grace pouring from our beautiful Savior and Father in heaven. I've got a great show for you today. I have an amazing leader in the body of Christ with me today. She is the founder of Sandal Feet Ministry, and she is the host of the Depot Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Erin Olson. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, well, it's a pleasure to have you with me. I I love your ministry. I, I feel like our our hearts are very similar in the fact that we try to equip believers with the good news of Jesus and the good news of the gospel and send them out into this world to tell people about Jesus. Yes, that right. That's our, that's our goal as Christ followers is to point people, not to us, not Mm -hmm. to build our platforms, but to point them to Jesus, the, uh, you know, the savior, the one who gives us hope Mm -hmm. and, um, the one who provides for us. So good. So good. Well, I've told our listeners a lot about you. Uh, is there something maybe uh, personal you can share with them just to help get to know you? Well, um, really my main ministry, I I've been blessed to do, uh, to found Sandal Feet Ministries and equipping ministry for believers and, and to be the host of a Debo podcast, but really my biggest and best calling is to be a wife and mom. And that is my priority. Um, Jesus always comes as the top priority. I, we say in our home that Jesus is not our number one priority. He is the priority because if we have numbers, one, two, three, four, we can shift those numbers around depending on what's going on in our life. But Really, Jesus is the priority. And then after that is my family. And I have been blessed to be married to my husband for close to 22 years. And we have uh, three wonderful children. We have a 20-year-old son who is a, um, he loves to record music and release songs and Christian songs. And then we have a daughter who is 16, almost 17, and a son who is 14, almost 15. And we homeschool them. So they are always close at home. And uh, so our house is a little loud and we have four dogs and, but, but I love it. And I've learned to younger years when I was a a new mom, trying to figure out what my role was in the world or in my family struggled with um, what it meant to be a stay at home mom. I didn't know what that looked like. Uh, Mm -hmm. That wasn't modeled for me. And so I've learned, and and I would say my oldest son has taken the brunt of those learning curves and mistakes and, but we have a great bond, but um, I've just learned to be comfortable with that calling. And just to know that it it really doesn't matter what I do, who knows my name, but I want to build up 
children who are on fire for Jesus that can help their generation fall in love with Jesus. Um, I, my husband and I, neither one of us had that growing up. Uh, we didn't have a strong foundation in Christ and we didn't even really build our foundation um, on that when we first got married. Um, I can share my testimony in a minute, but we didn't have that foundation. And so when that came about in our relationship, it shifted the trajectory of our family. And so my goal is to be first generation believers in my family, um, but not just for me, but for my great, great, great grandchildren. I want them to look back and say it was, you know, great, great, great grandma, Aaron, or I go by pumpkin because we have grand dogs, but um, it, it was pumpkin and poppy, you know, that, um, that, <laughs> that changed the trajectory of our family forever. And that would really be just a blessed legacy. Not, not, not the amount of money we have or don't have where we live, what we have, the memories we have, but just that we would build strong legacy for our future families. Mm, I love that so much. You know, when Jesus thinks in terms of our families, he doesn't just think of our nuclear family. He thinks in terms of generations, right? Yeah, his, his view of what he wants to do in our lives is so much bigger than, than we have eyes to see. You know, I, in our family room, I actually have pictures of my husband and I's wedding day, our grandparents' wedding days, and um, our mother and father's wedding days. And I often look at those pictures of my grandmother and my grandfather, and I think, gosh, would they be proud? Are they cheering on? Are they cheering our family on right now? Because they were believers. Mm -hmm. And um, I just, I think how amazing it is to have that family Christian legacy. It is. And it's, it's something that you can hold on to now. So when we look back at some of our family members, we're wondering what happened to them. And oh, those yeah. are, those are hard conversations to have with your children, especially when they're young, when they start asking questions, mm -hmm. I'm trying to explain that to them, that we don't know what their faith was. They never exhibited faith. They never talked about God, or they never had a relationship with Jesus and, and trying to help them wrap their minds around that and what that means for them. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it, and it's kind of sad, really, you know, it kind of makes your heart hurt and that we can't change the past, but we can only hope that we can be a part of creating a better future for so many people, both within our, like you said, within our immediate family, but also within the body of Christ, as we're all brothers and sisters and mm -hmm. future brothers and sisters, right? For those who have yet to come to know Jesus. Absolutely. Um, which Absolutely. is so important. It can't just be about us. It has to be about everybody else out there too, as well. Yes. And I, and I too, I was a stay at home mom for a long time. And then it just kind of transitioned into ministry. Um, but my daughter's seven and I'm still at home and I'm still doing ministry <laughs> with her. And I did homeschool for about a year and a half during COVID lockdown craziness, <laughs> but um, it was, it was something, man. It was something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll just say that. <laughs> It definitely is. We were blessed that we were already homeschooling before the COVID crash. And so um, we didn't have that adjustment for us. It was just like, well, nothing in our life changed other than the inconveniences of not being able to get out as easily when things were closed and, mm -hmm. um, and just the unknown of things in the early days of COVID. But, right. but for us, it was like, well, 
now I just don't feel guilty about not doing anything. There's <laughs> nothing to do anyway. <laughs> you know, I, I have a extroverted side to my personality, but I also have a very introverted side. I love to write. I love to read. I love to just worship and be with Jesus. But I so know what you mean, because when everything shut down, I almost felt relieved. I was like, <laughs> okay, now I really don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. I can just, I can lay out by the pool on a Wednesday morning at 10 AM and not feel guilty about it whatsoever. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was fantastic in that yeah. aspect. Yes. And now I feel guilty. It's, you know, Wednesday at 10 AM. I'm not going to go lay down by the pool, even though it is, uh, you know, summertime, but well, yeah. you sh- after we're done, you should go lay down by the pool because it <laughs> is Wednesday. You can go. You can go at eleven thirty. Yeah, that, so- that sounds like a great idea. Thank you for permission to do that. One hundred percent, man. I feel like as brothers and sisters in the body of Christ, we have to have each other's backs. That's one hundred percent. Well, I'm so excited to have you with me. I have to ask this question: How did you meet Jesus? Yeah, I've said this before. And if you scroll through, I've done a number of interviews um, with different people about my testimony. Um, and I've always been very forthright about it. The, the biggest thing that I always want to tell anybody that hears my testimony is that I would have never not identified as a Christian mm-hmm. ever, uh, regardless of whether I was going to church, um, you know, completely sinning in my teenage young adult years, just a complete chain wreck. Um, any of that, I would have never, ever checked the none box or the undecided box or the, any other, you know, whatever new age, I would have never checked those boxes. Christian would have always been the box that I checked. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm grateful for that, that even though I say I wasn't raised on a a foundation, a godly foundation, I was at least raised with the opportunity to be in church. Mm -hmm. And so I recently found out even that, um, so when I was a baby, I was born on an air force base and I was baptized as an infant in the chapel on an air force base. But when we were two, we were living down in, in, at the, down in the Gulf, down in Florida, at one of the air force bases down there. And I found out that I think when I was like two years old, my mom put me on a bus with my four-year-old brother, just the two of us on a church bus to go to church. And I'm thinking, okay, wait a minute. I would never do that with my children. I barely let them out of the house, but they, uh, I'm like, wow, really? I mean, why didn't you go to church with me? And she doesn't, we, she never really gave me an answer, but I was like, wow, that is amazing. So there was a a Baptist church that would come around and pick up all the, the children. Now I've heard of bus ministry, but I never knew I was a participant in bus ministry. (laughs) And so I don't know how long that went on for maybe a year or two before we moved, but I was just amazed, but so I would have never not checked the box. So I was in a Mm -hmm. denomination that was, um, not evangelical whatsoever. So we were, you know, we did the thing. I I was infant baptized. And then I did the middle school confirmation classes where you're, you go to two years of training about your denomination. And then after the completion of the second year, you stand in front of the church and you answer questions. You don't know which question they're going to ask. So you hope you have the right answer. And then you're presented to the church as a member of the church. Well, that's kind of good and kind of bad because it wasn't something I did on my own. It wasn't something that I just said, oh, mom, I want to start going to this program and to be a member of the church. It was like, you're in seventh grade. This is what you do. 
And so um, I look back at some writings that I did during then, some journal writing, and I, and I kind of had glimpses of the Holy Spirit, glimpses of Jesus and, and what he could do for me, but had no understanding whatsoever. I didn't know anything about the Bible. I knew a lot of church history about my denomination, but not about the Bible. And so years go on, I sang in the church choir as a young adult with my mom. And then uh, when my husband and I got engaged and I'd moved uh, from Southern California to Dallas, where I met my husband, I, we started going to church. I was like, we need to go to church. And he never went to church growing up except for maybe a six month period of time. And so he's like, okay, whatever. And so we went to another church that was similar in not the same denomination, but similar in tradition. And so, um, and he liked that denomination because they were very neutral. They didn't ask anything of him. He, they just said, write a check and show up. And that's all we ask of you. And he's like, oh, this is great. And so um, we did that for a while. And I would say it wasn't until several years into our marriage when he encountered some people he was doing business with that were evangelical believers. He had really never come across evangelical believers, Mm -hmm. but they were now his business partners and they would pray for him or they would pray on their phone calls. They were in one state, we were in another. And finally, one day at a business meeting out of town, when he was with them, he gave his life to the Lord. And I remember when he came home, because this was like in February of of one particular year, and he came home and he was a little bit different and he was talking about this. And I'm like, oh, what, you're going to be one of those Bible thumping believers now. And I look back now and I laugh at myself because I'm like, wow, that is shocking because I was in a church at the time and I was actually teaching Sunday school to little kids because my my children wouldn't go into the nursery by themselves. They were super attached. And so I had to volunteer and teach. So here I was, I was not even a a born again believer, but I was able to teach the Bible, which I didn't even understand clearly, right? Because the Bible says we don't understand what it says until we have the Holy spirit in us who can teach us. Right. So I'm, which is frightening. So please, if you're listening (laughs) and you're not sure. It, it may be true that your Sunday school teacher may not be a born and believer. So be aware, you know, be cautious. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, that was like a February year. And then August we're coming up on August and, or we're in the summer. And all of a sudden in the span of six months, I really believe like Satan was trying to choke us out as a family. And so all of a sudden out of nowhere, I became super fearful of everything. Like fear I had never experienced in my life. I had always been a little bit of a fraidy cat um, growing up just because I came kind of from an unstable home. And so that creates fear, but this was like a fear that was on another level, Mm. like the point of having nightmares in the middle of the night and screaming in the middle of the night. And Mm. one particularly bad instance was when it felt as if there was somebody on top of me, literally squeezing the air out of my neck, out of my lung, like couldn't breathe. And I was gasping for air. And my husband woke me up and he thought there was an intruder in the house. It was that bad. Wow. So so I was searching for answers, searching for answers. And I, I felt in my gut that it went back to my childhood and I couldn't put my finger on it. So I was calling my mom, asking her questions and she had no answers. Nobody had any answers. And so there was a meeting that was coming up in August and all of these people who my husband did business with all these believers and one other particular man that wasn't in the business, but was friends with them. were going to be at this meeting in Florida. 
And I'm like, I need to get to that. I need to be there. And Mm -hmm. so at the time I had little babies at home and we had to arrange childcare for someone to come stay with them so we could both go because we weren't going to take them. And, and so that was a whole nother deal, but we got that orchestrated and within moments of arriving at our friend's house, that man, um, not the business partner, but the man, um, his name is Albie. He came up to me and he's my height. And he just looked at me and said, Jesus loves you. Mm. And I'm like, okay, uh, here we go. You know, this is a little strange. I mean, I knew that these people were like evangelical believers, you know, like the kind of people that lived and listened to Christian music on their car radio kind of believers. Right? Those, <laughs> those were not the believers I hung out with. I hung out <laughs> with churchgoers, which are totally different people. And so, um, I mean, they, you know, some churchgoers live wild lifestyles and go to church on Sunday. And, and I mean that we weren't living a wild lifestyle. We were living a very secular, normal, culturally appropriate lifestyle. My husband was practicing law and then he, then he was a a venture capitalist. And so we were living that lifestyle and lots of people find themselves in that lifestyle. So we had everything. I mean, my husband was on the top of his game. He had made the most money he had ever made. Um, and what, I mean, he was literally at the top of his game. And so, um, we get to this meeting and he's like, Jesus loves you. And I'm like, okay, this is so weird. And as the day went on, there was just this piece there that surpassed all understanding, right? I couldn't put my finger on it. And it was just awesome. And it was 10 o'clock that night and we're sitting in a room. There's like 10, 12, 15 of us. I'm not quite sure. Everyone is kind of talking. There's a bunch of noise and it goes silent. And Albie looks at me from way across the room and says, Aaron, what happened to you when you were three years old? Hmm. And I'm like, are you serious? And so that got my attention. And clearly God had dropped a word of knowledge on him because there was no way that this person whom I've never met could know that that was what was going on over the prior months. You know, like that's what I was searching for. Yeah. So he then proceeded to share the gospel with me. And I had never heard the gospel. I was 34 years old and had been in church my entire life. Never heard the gospel. I to be honest with you, I didn't even know what John three sixteen said. And I admit that right. When Tim Tebow had that, when they were remembering when he used to have it under his eyes and people would hold it up in the end zone and millions of people Googled John three sixteen. Mm. I, I would have been one of those people Googling what John three sixteen was. I had no idea. That's how bad I missed it. And I sat in a church pew for my entire life. Wow. Um, So obviously God got my attention and I, in my weak faith, a little mustard seed, barely audible, still totally questioning, not sure what I was signing up for kind of faith. I said yes to Jesus. Mm. And, um, in just a few minutes after that, his wife was sitting next to me and I was kind of fidgety in my seat. And she's like, what's going on with you? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, I just keep hearing the words grace and faith and Mm. She said, sweetie, that's a, that's a scripture. You're saved by grace through faith. And I'm like, really? And she said, yeah, and that's really my life first. Now you're saved by grace through faith. And it's mm-hmm. super important for me because that night, so that was August the 7th. And that night, as I went to bed, it was after midnight. So it had already rolled into August the 8th. I really just laid in bed for a couple hours, just really talking with the Lord for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. And just pouring everything out to him. Mm -hmm. And I was 
so naive in anything that I actually was filled with the Holy Spirit that night and physically felt it because I actually got up out of the bed because I felt this electricity shoot through my body like I had never felt before mm. and got up out of my bed and started walking around. And my husband's like, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing, nothing, nothing. Because I, I couldn't explain <laughs> what it was. But that August, that August the 8th was my daughter's third birthday and her name is Grace. <gasps> Oh, and so, so good. Jesus. It was, he's, he really is good. And I tell people often that I don't think that God meant for me to waste my life without a relationship with him until the age of 34. Oh. But it was the moment where he finally got my attention. And mm-hmm. as I look back on my life, oh, he had been trying to get my attention a lot. And yes. I was not listening. I was either uh, too busy doing my own thing or too prideful or just honestly too ignorant um, or even too afraid. I didn't want to be that kind of Christian. I didn't want to be seen as that weird kind of Christian, but now I am that kind of Christian, but um, which is so much better than being not that kind of Christian. So, um, so, I mean, it really was that it was just, it was just this crazy word of knowledge. And I didn't know what word of knowledge meant. And we didn't even talk about it. I didn't know anything about the baptism of the Holy spirit. And it really wasn't until a couple of years later that I could actually articulate what it was. And it was only because I was in seminary at the time. And I was reading Charles Finney's autobiography and he Mm -hmm. describes his salvation experience and uniquely the same way. And I had no idea. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's what happened. I mean, it took two years for me to figure it out because I, I wasn't in a church that even talked about the Holy spirit or the baptism of the Holy spirit or being a born again believer or what that meant. And, and so Mm -hmm. I really honestly had to figure it out on my own. And we shortly thereafter, within the next couple of years, changed churches and got into a church that was more evangelically driven. And, um, finally had to make the break. I was still teaching Sunday school, but with a different fervor, right? Cause I knew the Lord and the Holy spirit was downloading things to me. And I was reading scripture every day and just a hunger for learning because I missed out on so much of Jesus mm-hmm. for 34 years. And I, and I wanted it. And, and it was just this new, this newfound peace and uh, renewed energy. And he took away all my fear and just really pointed me in the right direction. And it was, it was just so beautiful and grace-filled. And I mean, Jesus really is good and mm-hmm. he's not, he's not scary and he's not holding anything against us. He just, no. he's like, just come to me and I, you know, knock and I'm going to answer the door, but you need to, you need to make the effort. So, you know, and it's, it's, it's so tough because he doesn't, he doesn't want to force himself on anyone. He's, and he's not going to do that. He leaves it up to us to choose him to choose a life with him, to choose a relationship with him. Uh, He never forces himself on anyone, but he will patiently wait and woo you into that place where, you know, you're ready, you're ready to, to do that. And it's, it's just so beautiful. It is. Thank you so much for sharing that. And even that night I had the opportunity to still say no, even though Mm -hmm. he dropped that bombshell of a word of knowledge, I could have still been turned off. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was in that moment that I said, yes. And, and I, and I want to challenge, and I know we've, we've talked about family legacy, but I want to talk about, you know, we don't know a, a person's moment right before their last breath. Maybe it's in that last moment that they realize who Jesus is. Right. 
Yes. So we can't count anybody out at any moment, but we don't know when our last breath is going to be, <laughs> especially mm-hmm. in this day of COVID, right? Where things right. are just strange or all these happenings and things are sped up and, and crises is around the world. Um, but if you have the opportunity, he says today, if you hear my voice yes, today, make, make yes. that choice today. Cause Jesus really is the best thing. He's the only good thing. Um, and everything funnels from that. Absolutely. And it's so funny that you said that because when you were talking about, when we were talking about that family legacy, um, it came up on my heart to say, you know, I firmly believe that he's so good. And I've read so many testimonies and things where he's just appeared to people in dreams, even as they lay dying, you know, Mm -hmm. and just said, Hey, this is it, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Right. This is who I am. This is your last chance. (laughs) Yeah. You choose this door or that door, choose which one, right? Yeah. And, you know, I've, I firmly believe that. And we don't know what's going on inside a person as they're, you know, in the beginning stages of, of dying. And I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I hope that people trust, you know, trust him and open that door before they get to that point. But um, I firmly yeah. believe that he's that good. Yeah. I think that's why, I think that's why on the cross, there were three crosses, right? Because there was Jesus. And then there was one man who said yes to Jesus. And one man who didn't mm-hmm. that picture right there gives yes. us hope, right? Yeah. That we get the choice to choose even in our last breath. Those men were facing their last breath, just like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a picture in your last breath. Like you said, you can make that choice, but you have to choose. And we know one did and one didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, And so he always, I mean, he gives us, there's so many beautiful pictures in scripture, right? That he just gives us so many examples if we'll just read it and listen to it and, and really take it to heart. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. Well, you know, I, I really enjoyed um, listening to some of your episodes on your podcast, and I thought you had some really important things to say. What are some of the issues uh, on your heart right now, burning for the body of Christ? Yeah, I think it really is just biblical literacy. Mm. I think that that could keep us on the right path so well. And I think it's so easy. And I mean, listen, I have a ministry and I write and I release books and I have a podcast. And and so I'm one of the people that people could be listening to, but I don't want to be the only person that someone's Mm -hmm. listening to, because I think it's all of our obligation to read scripture for ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we don't have to be seminary graduated. Um, we don't have to have years in it. We just have to be able to say, God, show me, give me wisdom, give me discernment, give me understanding and he'll reveal it. And now you might not get it all right. And contextually, you might get it a little bit wrong and, and you may not be able to go that deep, but if you'll open the word of God, it speaks to us. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of our problems in today's world could be resolved if people actually read their Bibles and yes. didn't quote wrong interpretations that they're actually quoting secular sayings that were at one time formed maybe from a biblical perspective because the person saying it had a biblical perspective, but they've been taken so out of context. Mm-hmm. And I, I did a podcast recently about, are you out of context? Mm-hmm. And and how important it is for us to be in context. And so, and that is especially important for Christians um, to know our Bibles. Like I said, I sat in a pew for 34 years and had no idea what the Bible said. We didn't open the Bible in church. Um, 
the pastor read it and there were some verses up on the screen and somebody would go up um, to the lectern and, you know, do a passage reading, but that was it. But we didn't really study the Bible. I can't even remember what he talked about, honestly. But, um, and so I think as the generations unfold, we used to be a very verbal generation. We didn't have TV. We didn't have radio. We didn't have Netflix and, you know, 5,000 channels to watch to numb our brains. People sat around the table and read from the Bible. And that's how they, that's, that was entertainment, if you will. They were teaching their children. And, and I don't know about all of the listeners, but I can say as a, as a child growing up in the early seventies, I was a product of that lack of biblical foundation because we didn't, didn't do that. We didn't read the Bible together. We didn't open the Bible together. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that it just really biblical literacy and literacy. And that's why my podcast, while it's not always super appealing or maybe not as funny, that's why I can't do TikTok videos. Cause I, my kids say I'm <laughs> way too serious, you know, and I think I'm way too serious. And I'm like, I can't make light of what I'm doing. I don't even know how to do that. I mean, the Holy Spirit would totally have to reveal that to me, but yeah. um, <laughs> I, I'm just, you know, I'm just staying faithful to what God has called me to do to go through the Bible. And I literally, I went through the entire book of Acts recently on my podcast mm. and there's 27 chapters in the book of Acts. And that yeah. was 27 weeks of teaching, you know, from the Bible, but I've been, some may find that boring, but it's important. And I try to throw in current examples and how to apply it and what the context is and all of that. But I love that. And I love that you're staying in context because I always tell people on this podcast, context is king. It and, is. Yes. It is. And when I write something, when I write, you know, with the Lord, when I release a message either on the blog or either on the podcast, I always tell people, um, be wary if somebody is trying to teach you a theological point and they pick out one scripture or even two, you know, two scriptures to make their point. I, in my personal opinion, you need to have at least five to like seven to really bring home the point that you're trying to make because we can get into very dangerous ground when we start cherry picking scriptures out of context to try to create a theological point. Right. And you need to find five to seven scriptures that actually agree yes. <laughs> and, and actually yes. mean what you're trying to say, because yes. I've, I've seen so many writings and so many conversations where they literally take five to seven scriptures that make no sense once you put them together. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah. So even for me, like when I write, so I'll sit down and I'll just write, I'll just write what the Lord's putting on my heart and I'll write the message and then I'll go back and I'll slide in the scriptures. And if I can't put in those scriptures to support the entire message that I'm saying, then I, you know, I know that it's something needs to be tweaked, you know? Right. Yeah, for sure. Because the scriptures should create a picture. It should create a picture of Jesus you know, a picture of his character, a picture of, um, who he is. And yeah. if we're not doing that, then something's a bit off. Yeah. People always say that, you know, the Bible, well, not, um, not all people, but a lot of people say the Bible is just a history book. And I, and I always challenge them with the fact that we're always looking at history, right? You, you can have a conversation with anybody about anything and they'll always say, well, this has happened before. So we're always talking about history. So regardless of whether or not someone views the Bible as a historical book, it still took place. And there are lessons that we can learn from every account in history. 
And uh, God knows history better than any of us because he mm-hmm. created it. Um, and he's creating the future still to come. Yeah. I always like to say it like this. History is simply his story. Exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> it all, it, you know, and I tell people all the time, the word of God from Genesis to Revelation, it's all created to reveal Jesus, every part of it. Um, and there's so many beautiful things. If you like dive into the Hebrew and get into the, the Greek and the Aramaic and the different translations. I mean, if you start looking at, you know, um, different things like that, it, there's so many beautiful things hidden in it. But just like you said, it takes the Holy Spirit to help you dig those things out. And mm-hmm. it's okay. Like, it's okay if you're not, you know, somebody who does that. It's okay. You can still sit down with the Holy Spirit and say, okay, reveal Jesus to me out of the scripture. What are you saying here? Yeah. You know? And I, I love that you talked about being a Sunday school teacher that wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit and you were teaching the word of God and you couldn't understand it. So, you know, it, there's, there's hope in there and, and uh, God wants you to understand it, but you need to have the Holy Spirit within you to help guide you because otherwise we can really get into error. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of, I think when one time we were doing these puppet shows, because I was teaching little toddlers and uh, we were doing Jesus and the five loaves and uh, the fishes and the loaves, I'm sorry. And, uh, and I'm like, I don't, what, you know, and, and it's just comical now when I think back about that. And I recently uh, left a few years ago and we still watch it from time to time, but the resurrection of Gavin Stone, super cute Christian movie. Um, mm-hmm. And it kind of, it kind of goes through that. It's somebody who's faking being a Christian um, in a church production who then comes to know Jesus personally. And it's a beautiful Mm -hmm. story because it looks like it really, it really portrays the mess that is when people try to act like they know Jesus uh, for good intentions or bad intentions Mm -hmm. that they know, but they don't really know Jesus because they don't know his heart. They don't know his character. They don't, they don't know how he would behave. Mm-hmm. Um, until they encounter him. So if you haven't watched that movie, I'd highly recommend it. There's always, right? Like we're always looking for good family-friendly, uh, faith-based uh, movies and entertainment. And, and it's a super cute movie that we stumbled across, but it makes us all laugh out loud because it's, if you go to church and if you know church people, <laughs> you'll <laughs> laugh at yourself and you'll, you'll laugh at others too. Oh, I love that so much. Well, this has been so fun. Is there anything burning on your heart that you'd like to say directly to our listeners today? Yeah, I think we just need to remember in this, in this season in life, um, right now with everything going on in the world that we need to just remember Jesus's two commands. We need to love God first and foremost, and we need to extend that love to others. Um, and we do that by serving others you know, giving sacrificially of your time and your understanding and your patience and all of that. Mm -hmm. And there are so many people out there in the world who are hurting, that are fearful, that are confused, that are ensnarled with the enemy, um, even if they don't realize it. And I was one of those. So I have a heart for, I wrote a book several years ago called Spiritual Orphans, A Generation in Crisis. And it's Mm -hmm. really talking about the church's response to those who are without God as their father. They're not yet adopted into the family and we treat them poorly. Uh, We look at their decision-making as if they're supposed to be making the same decisions that we as Christians do. Mm -hmm. And we can't, Uh, we have to love them. Um, 
And it, it's hard. It's hard to love people who are living outside the will of God and, and who are living in sinful lifestyles and, and doing all of that. But we all were once sinners <laughs> and um, we need to have that compassionate heart that God mm-hmm. has. And, and I thank God that somebody was willing to take a risk on me to share mm-hmm. Jesus with me. And I would be um, incredibly sad if one day when I got to heaven and I don't know if Jesus is going to ask us any questions when we get to heaven, it's not clear, right? Like, I think we're just going to get there and it's just going to be great. We're not going to care. But if he were to get there one day and say, someone shared Jesus with you, why didn't you share it with others? And and that breaks my heart. Mm -hmm. And so I really do try to give people the benefit of the doubt and um, just try to love them. And I've messed up. I've, I've, you know, lashed out and, and judged people and done all of those things. So please do not think that I do it well. Um, but at the core, I really do have empathy. And I think that we should all have empathy for those who are without Christ in their life, because if you've been without Christ, you know, that hopeless feeling, mm-hmm. but if you have Christ in your heart, you know, hope, um, mm-hmm. and be blessed about that. So love God and love others. Jesus said that for a reason, um, mm-hmm. because he knew that that's how the great commission would go forward. If we mm-hmm. don't love others, we're not going to tell others about him. Well, and the most beautiful thing is that he loves us first. John three yes. sixteen. for God. So loved the world that he gave yeah. his only begotten son. Right. He, he loved us first. And then that's how we love then love others with that love that we have been loved with. Cause you know, we can't do it without receiving that love. And I don't know about you, but I have to receive that love from him on a daily basis so that I can then love others. Yeah. You have to be, you have to fill up in order to pour out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So good. Sure. Well, will you pray for our listeners before we go today? Yeah, I would love to. Thank you. Dear heavenly father, Lord, we just thank you so much for today. We thank you, Lord, for your grace for your mercy. And thank you so much for sending your son to die for everybody in the world, not just for some, not just for the chosen few elite, but Lord, everyone that you have named as Mm -hmm. your son and daughter, whether they're yours today or perhaps tomorrow, Lord, I pray that you would just allow the body of Christ to be so filled with your spirit that we can do nothing less than love you and love others well. Lord, we ask for you to renew and revive our own hearts. We pray for a revival in the land, Lord, but what does that look like if we ourselves have hardened hearts? Mm -hmm. So soften us, Lord. Soften us as this new season emerges. And we know that as you go forth, as you continue to answer prayers, as you call the prodigals, home and as you reconcile the lost Mm -hmm. that the world can be good so we hold fast to the promise that your hope will permeate the land around the world not just in one region or one continent lord but the entire world we know that times will get tough your word tells us that Mm -hmm. But, but we know that you're the rock you're our fortress you protect us and you provide a way for us to make it through these difficult times. And we are so grateful for that. So thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be on podcast and to let your word go forth. Mm-hmm. I pray, Lord, that um, who's ever listening to this would just be encouraged 
encouraged by this ministry and by the ministry of so many dedicated men and women around the world, Lord, that are doing your will so that we can reveal Jesus to more people. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Erin. I know that's going to bless so many people. Thank you for being here with me today. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it as well. Awesome. Well, I hope and I pray today's episode has blessed you. I will have links from today's podcast and resources in the show notes on cpnshows.com under Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. You'll find additional resources to connect with us and our special guest, Aaron Olson. Until next week, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I hope today's episode has blessed you. Please subscribe, share it with your friends, and don't forget to sign up for our ministry mailing list for more encouraging content about our beautiful Savior, Jesus. Just text JESUS to 1-833-815-7778. That's 1-833-815-7778. 7778. And of course, it's your turn now to join the conversation. Send me your burning questions, leaders you would like to hear from in the body of Christ, your testimonies, and more. Just click join the conversation in the show notes. And for more information about our ministry, visit us at ChristinaPereira.org. Until next week, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless.